0: Hey everyone, Kevin here to welcome you to a very special episode of Pixel It, the first episode to be specific. Not the one that we released last year, no, this is an episode that Phil and I thought was lost to time. We've made vague references to trying to start the podcast once before many years ago. Last month, while digging around some old files, I found the recordings of our first attempt in late October, 2016, six years ago this month. For context, this was recorded only a few scant weeks before Donald Trump would shockingly win the presidency. The book we read, Five Nights at Freddy's The Silver Eyes, had only been released less than a year prior. For some reason, the timing wasn't right. Pixel It never took off after that October 2016 recording. But everything seemingly happened for a reason. Six years later, as I read this in October 2022, we've been successfully producing podcasts for well over a year. My mental health is better than it's ever been, and Phil, as of this very episode, is on the verge of marrying the love of his life. Every month we welcome new fans from around the world into the fold of our very niche listening family, and I thank Cthulhu that every week I get to talk with a man, a friend, someone who I consider a brother, about video game novelizations. Anyway, I love this show, I love Phil, and I am thankful for all of you who listen. So with that said, please enjoy this episode of Five Nights at Freddy's, The Silver Eyes, from the Pixel It Vault. Hey there, everybody! Spoiler Kevin here with Phil the Conquistador, and hello. welcome... What? I just said hello. Oh. <laughs> Did I fuck everything up?
1: <laughs> right off the bat? Welcome to Pixel It. Hi, guys!
0: <laughs> I, Kevin, I was just saying hello there again. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> it actually sounded like you said wrong... And oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was pulling a Trump on you, <laughs>
0: uh, wrong. Uh, wrong, yeah, wrong. so anyway, um, welcome to Pixel It, guys, um, so the basis of this show is uh, Phil and I are going to read books about uh, that are adapted from video game properties, and we're going to talk about them. And yep. it's going to be great because yes. obviously these are going to be works of the finest quality,
1: finest, Mm-mm. just beautiful, beautiful, the foie gras of the <laughs> literary world. If yes. if the goose that you fattened
0: was 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 made out of. M-rated video games. Mm, mhm. Mm, mm. mm. So, uh first up, we're talking about Five Nights at Freddy's The Silver Eyes, That's which Right. Yeah.
1: Speaking of speaking of M-rated things which actually aren't M-rated. Right. Which, which we weren't
0: actually speaking of, but just roll with me on this one. Just yeah, just ignore that and yeah. uh, inconsistencies are to be ignored. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's The Silver Eyes um, this was, I mean, I don't, I don't have any information about the book in front of me. Actually, it, uh, it I came just started a, reading it.
1: Yeah, the silver eyes. It uh, it, it is credited to uh, Scott Cawthon, of course, uh, the uh, the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's, and Miss Kira Breed Risley, uh which I actually I, I probably should look up more because I feel like this might be a ghost writing sort of situation yes uh you know as much as we all know that scott is good at crafting a world that's that's a that's quite a different thing from actually writing a book right um it was uh published at the very end of last year december 2015 Mm -hmm. um it is uh and I think the most interesting thing I bought the actual book book because that's kind of how I roll. Right. Um, and uh, I think the most interesting thing right off the bat, not the spooky, scary, uh, Freddy, red eyed thing on the front, not the fact that they somehow managed to turn this franchise into any kind of literature longer than a three hour video game. The fact that if you look on the back, it is published by Scholastic.
0: Yeah, that is that in and of itself is amazing. Right. But at the same time, I'm not totally surprised because I have been going into Target and Walmart and uh, the Halloween spirit stores and five nights at Freddy's is everywhere. Right. It is in it is in kids Halloween's we, kids Halloween costume sections. Uh, it's it's just all over the place, wall to wall. I it it doesn't matter what section I'm in. I feel like I'm a stone's throw away from something relating to Five Nights at Freddy's.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And 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 it's it's just so. But but despite all of that. I forget all the time that theoretically, technically speaking, these are meant to be children's horror, right? Um, because it has been taken over by the very adult hand of the internet. Correct. And, uh, and the subject matter, I was actually this weekend, I was actually with my family, um, in the mountains. We, we, in October, we like to, we like to get away and, and have a nice little family get together. And, um, my sister brought her little niece and she's about 15 months old and she's adorable. Um, and she, you know, my, my brother-in-law and my sister actually own an old 8-bit Nintendo and they play Mario brothers every now and then. Right. Uh, but they're not what I would call gamers. And I told my sister, I said, uh, you know, I'm glad I work in the games industry now that Eliza, my niece, now that she's a part of the picture, right? Simply because when she gets older if she's interested in video games i like knowing that i'll be able to tell you what to play and what not to play right uh because it is not as simple as looking at the rating on the damn game i right. would not have a if it was my kid i wouldn't have a problem with my kid playing mortal Kombat or doom or anything like that i don't know if i would let my kid play five nights of Freddy's.
0: no no <laughs> i mean the the just the, the jump scare um i don't know the, I, I feel like the jump scare is it. It's it's weird. I think it would have a weird effect on a kid. But then again, I don't know. There's 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 it's a very it's like the young adult novel version of a horror game. Yeah. Like when we were
1: kids and everyone was reading Christopher Pike and uh, R.L. Stein and those teen horror novels, right? Uh, you know, it, now, although but that actually brings me to a, another thought that I had when I was considering this. Then again, I read things that still scare me to death nowadays, like the uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. books. Oh, no,
0: I just got I just got chills. Those thinking books. about it's it's the books. It's the stories were creepy but the, the illustrations oh god the illustrations
1: those were criminal like the the that was just that to 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 market that to kids that <sighs> is just there there is
0: something wrong there there's just i ugh. had that book in my bedroom uh on the bookshelf and i had to make sure that i had to like i turned the the binding into the bookshelf. So I Mm. just see the the, the edges of the pages because I didn't even like having the fact I didn't even like knowing that the book was in the room and that those illustrations were in the book. So I I just pretended that it wasn't there and I just keep that, that binding facing away from me. I think, I think of a certain age group you can ask just about anybody uh, if they
1: what the, if they read those books, what the scariest picture, because everyone had one or two that scared them more than the others. Yeah. Uh, and and to this day, there's one of a woman with a big, wide square face and these tiny little beady black eyes and this long, long mouth. And there's no gore and there's no bones and there's nothing. But it's just the most terrifying. I'm going to dream about it tonight. Great. Yeah. Good. Great.
0: Great. Good. It's Fantastic. sort of like the um that the creepy monster from uh, Amnesia, The Dark Descent. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the, the thing with the long jaw, like just mm-hmm. kind of like flapping there. Ugh. 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 Yeah. Anyway.
1: Okay, we're gonna do the first two chapters of this. Uh, we're gonna go through a brief synopsis of one, talk a little bit about it, and then go through uh, the next one, talk a little bit about it. Yeah. And discuss some things. So. Let's start with uh chapter 1. Chapter 1 opens, we are introduced to uh Charlie who will serve as the protagonist of our novel. Uh running uh uh, uh through a dark terrifying location uh from an unknown assailant. Uh she's hiding, she's bleeding apparently. Mm-hmm. And uh and just at the end of uh, of uh, this little section She looks up just in time to see the downward swing of a hook,
0: which to me says foxy. Of course. Of course.
1: Absolutely. And then from there, it jump cuts us, uh, so to speak, (laughs) to Hurricane Utah, which is a uh, hell of a name. Right. Uh, yeah. Which, but, but actually, and and it's Charlie. Still, she's alive and well, and not bleeding, and not
0: running from a thing. So we're to assume that this is now prior to the events. Exactly. Of the, exactly. The, the in media res uh, beginning.
1: Yes, we have been led to believe that uh, she is dog meat somewhere down the road, but not now.
0: Not right now. Not for now. Not and right now. A, she has point of view to get across.
1: Exactly. So much point of view. She's very much the Lydia Dietz of our story. She's very sad and and working through a lot of inner struggle that she's really not uh, giving away to us very, very quickly.
0: That is, that's actually a good analogy is Lydia Dietz. I, yeah. I, I didn't, I mean, she doesn't, yeah yeah i would go with i was i was
1: definitely picturing a lydia Dietz type character in my head when I maybe not in terms of
0: wardrobe but just in terms of disposition and just a just a sadness
1: she's a little gothy she's a little gothy and 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 we'll get to this Uh, i'm gonna bring that up later uh because because it it i'm not i'm i'm just gonna give this away right now not terribly impressed with the characters in this book. Oh, uh, no, not at
0: all. Um, <laughs> I have I have tremendous issues with uh, a lot of things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Same.
1: <laughs> OK, so she's driving through Hurricane, Utah. She's thinking to herself. She uh, she ex- she she basically through inner monologue, uh, you learn that 10 years ago, Uh, She left this city and left behind a bunch of her friends uh, and uh, and they are returning for the mysterious Michael, Uh, Michael, who has died. And I say that in quotation marks because they never found anybody, but she sees it as a good thing that because they're they're, his Michael's family is setting up a scholarship in his name, you see, and that's what they're all there to honor. Uh, and, uh, and she sees it as a good thing because it means to her that the parents have accepted that he's never coming back, Correct. uh, that he didn't just run away, that he's never coming back. Yes. So first thing Charlie does, like you do, is goes home. She goes back to her childhood home, uh, and we, uh, we get some, uh, some flashbacks to her childhood and her unnamed father, uh, who, uh, created Animatronic toys for her, talking, walking rabbits, and um, uh, I, I believe a bunny. Well, a bunny and and some other things in there. Like a little and, doll, I
0: yeah. think. Yeah.
1: And I think the most fascinating thing where we're we're informed that she lives now with her Aunt Jen, the mysterious Aunt Jen, Um, and she lives with her now. So we don't know what's happened to her father just yet, but uh, but she she talks about having these childhood toys. And I think the most impes- impressive piece of writing in this chapter is the fact that uh they are trying to persuade us that she found these walking, talking animatronic dolls to be charming and a wonderful part of her childhood <laughs> instead of horrifying and
0: scarring. I didn't believe that for one second. Not even a split second, no sir. <laughs> but they tried, and I they gave tried. them a half star for that.
1: They get exactly, exactly. I was impressed with the <laughs> effort. E for effort, uh, (laughs) Miss Risley. So, um, she, she has some wonderful memories. I say once again, wonderful in quotes because she's there. And not only is she filled with a deep sense of, of, of sad nostalgia, she is uh, kind of scared to be there, not happy to be there, Mm. having a feeling of unease. Um, To me, the most unusual thing, not just, I'll tell you what, not just because of the fact that her toys were walking, talking dolls, but one of them, for example, uh, let me see. I've got it right here. This bunny, it's a purple rabbit Mm -hmm. uh, named Theodore and his, her father programmed it so that it would wave its hand, tilt its head to the side and say to her in her father's voice, I love you,
0: Charlie. Which is horrifying. That is the. I don't want anything that is not a person to say anything. No, certainly not in my father's voice. Certainly not my father's voice. Certainly nothing about love. No one likes Teddy Ruxpin. Here is your French fries. Yeah, (laughs) I'm okay. You Not know, even I, that. Yeah, here sure. is your French
1: fries. I'm going. Oh, and on top of that, she mentions that in her home, she had three closets. Three closets, one for her stuff and two for other animatronic dolls. Yeah. That's also terrifying.
0: I, de- I, I can hardly deal with a single closet in my room. I right. mean closets were the closets were the center of all horror in my mind. Oh, absolutely. as a child.
1: It, it, it It's just and that's the thing. And that's the trouble. This is a horror book. It's supposed to be scary, but that's the problem. They're, they're making things for her that were supposed to be charming in her childhood. And that's the scariest part of the book so
0: far. Right.
1: <laughs> Not stuff that they're actually in. And, and there's a great and she, she describes a couple of her friends, including John, who will be the love interest um, John, uh, when she's a child, I guess they're about six or seven or something. That's another thing I want to get to. I have no idea how fucking old these guys so are.
0: So, th- so yeah, that's, that, that was, that's been my biggest problem with the book yeah. is that, all right, so let's, let's run through a few, a few dates, uh, that have been mentioned so far in Absolutely. the first chapter. Excuse me. So uh, the departure happens in July 1985. Yes. She was seven, meaning she was born in 78. All right. Mm-hmm. So she is now returning. They don't give a time, but ten years later, it is later. it is it is middle of the year. We'll say nineteen ninety five, and that makes her seventeen. Then. She is seventeen. Which okay. I have, I, but I still have huge issues with this timeline. She's because completely unsupervised. First she off, is, she is a minor. <laughs> yeah. that is just driving from who knows where, and also um, that that these kids were were best of friends at yep. seven mm-hmm. like it to me their relationship is like that of a group of kids that split up maybe at 12 or 13 sure you know right sure. before they hit their 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 teenage years and they, they then they lost touch with each other and then they come back in their early 20s but seven just seems so young right to you're, to you're not a finished human being they're not seven. finished they're they're just at that cusp and you know, they have the memories and all that stuff, but, but it just, it just felt really odd. Once I put that together, because I was like, I was assuming that she was in her twenties for most of the first chapter. And I was like, wait a minute. She left at seven. It's been 10 years. She's only 17. Right. Not even out of high school yet.
1: And I think that that uh, maybe it's something that I forgot from childhood books or teenage books that I read. Um, But, I mean, it goes towards the fact that this is, it's made by Scholastic, so clearly it's meant for a younger audience, so they're given... You know, you don't, you don't want them to be too much older than you're reading people. Yeah, there's the people a certain the precociousness that right. is
0: injected into the characters.
1: Sure. You give them a certain amount mm-hmm. of liberty so that they can go on adventures and that kind of thing. Um, but as an adult, it is very jarring to read about the stuff that they're doing, which we'll get to in a second. And, and you'll, and, and, and try to think, cause that was it. I was, I was trying to put it together in my head. I was like, how these are not they're not 18 because at one point one of the characters says you know i when when i turn when 18 I turn i'm 18, I
0: moved. and that's that was the that was the oh holy wait a minute i gotta flip back a few pages did i miss yeah. something is this one of the kids younger siblings no no it's no, one no. of it's, the guys it's, it's, <laughs> it's one of
1: the guys yeah yeah it's one of the guys so it's it's it's, that's it. So let's, all right, so let's get to the characters. Then we, we, we get a few more flashbacks from Ella of her spooky dad and his spooky projects, making spooky toys. Um, and, and anybody who's played the game, uh, you get, you, you know, what's happening, you know, where we're going here. Um, so Charlie ends up at a, a diner, uh, uh, I guess, and, and meets up with her five old, it's five, isn't it, or is it four? I forget, and I forget because they're all completely interchangeable. There, uh, there is
0: nothing about them that stands out except Jessica, no. only because she Jessica's is the kind stereotypical. Of a witcher, snobby. She is the mean girl who yeah. moved to New York. Be like, who? What? Did, I don't understand. She moved to New York with That's, her,
1: and that was, and that was the part that threw me the most. So let's get to this. Okay, yes. so. She goes to meet her friends. So she's she's going to find these people she hasn't seen in 10 years, her childhood friends. So first one she sees is Jessica. Jessica is described as very, very pretty. She's
0: polished. uh, She's she's polished.
1: Polished. That's exactly it. She's well put together, well dressed. Uh, And then they describe the two boys were sitting next to each other, which I don't know why you would call a couple of 17 year olds boys. But I mean, I mean, I I believe they are. But still Uh, now this leads to the stupidest sentence. I have ever read, uh, in a book. Uh, and I, and I read a lot. Uh, and let me see if I got it here. This is, this is describing the first boy Carlton. And I quote, Carlton looked like an older version of his redheaded childhood self. (laughs) That's what an adult looks like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's you. Ju- that is the stupidest thing. I you. You look like an older version of yourself. That's cause I am an older it's, version. You know of what myself. it is.
0: It's it's like I feel like sentences like that get added to a book when they're like, "Hey, uh, this book is actually a little light." On, on content <laughs> it's padding. Can you, yeah. Could you just go every like paragraph and throw throw an extra line of description that is just it's not even describing anything. It's just restating a fact.
1: <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. It's just it's just restating a fact and it means nothing. So we meet Carlton, who is uh, basically he's an older version of himself. Genius
0: as they all are,
1: as they all (laughs) are. Then we meet John, who is the love interest, the boy that she remembers fondly who she let. uh, She almost let him kiss her when they got older once and he shared cookies with her and stuff. And he's a writer. And that is basically everything uh, you know about him. Uh, uh which is i'll tell you what the one interesting thing is that usually in my experience that when you're reading a book the protagonist is usually the writer because writers tend to write what they know yes um and so it's carlton so maybe it's just four of them i don't know why i got five Yeah, there, well head. there's
0: another there's another kid oh, um, right, L- right lamar yeah. lamar who, who that's the younger one
1: okay but he isn't here. He is not uh, in, in this scene. One. He's not here. So you've got you've got Charlie, our protagonist. You've got Jessica, the mean girl. You've got John, the sensitive writer, boy crush and Carlton, the ginger. Um, yeah. And that brings us there chatting. They're getting to know each other again uh, or not. Really, that's the thing you would think. I recently got in touch with somebody that I haven't seen since high school. Uh, I'm, I'm 34. Uh, So that's a that's a little while. And uh, and we've kept in contact a little bit here and there on Facebook. Um, But we recently started we saw each other for the first time in forever. And we start that started up a friendship again. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it makes it nice that you can just kind of. Chat with this person, but it occurred to me on more than one occasions. So this person's basically a stranger, right? Uh, I don't know. We've, we've we've become completely different people at this point, and that's got to be even more so when you go from seven to seventeen. Um, but they don't really uh, spend a hell of a lot of time. Reinvestigating each other except for in the most superficial ways. And that brings us to uh, 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 Carlton asking, did you know Jessica lives in New York, which is where my first bout of what the hell is going on with these kids ages came from, because there's never any mention of her parents. There's no mention of any of their parents really, uh, except for, except for Charlie uh, at least so far. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's kind of, it's kind of you it almost leads you to believe that she's got she's got a loft apartment somewhere in Brooklyn, you right. know? It's like like she's out there on her own. She's
0: she's she's actually uh the, the um the devil wears Prada. She's Anne Hathaway yeah, in the that Devil is Wears Prada. That's who she is. That's exactly it. it. That was Anne Hathaway, right? That was Anne Hathaway. Yes. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was her, right? I, I got, her, right? I she got it, right? She's one of those pretty girls on the television box. Um <laughs> Yeah, and that, and and Carlton's the townie. He's never left town, so he's going to serve as a kind of our 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 local compass mm-hmm. of the area. Although he does point out, uh, we find out his dad ran for mayor a couple of years ago, and he makes a point of saying that when he's eighteen, he's out. And uh, and we're reminded that John is still a writer. That when he was a young man, he scribbled all the time in his notebooks and declared that he would be a writer. And that's you know, and that's that's that's, that's all it really takes. Thing. Uh, they briefly mention uh, a Marla character, who I guess is another friend of theirs, who's bringing her little brother Jason, um, who was a baby, I guess, when they saw him last. But we don't. But other than that, other than that, we um, we uh, we 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 don't get much out of this, leading uh, to another thing that made me question the age group thing. Uh, Jessica pointing out that she's gotten her and Charlie a hotel that they can stay in, so Charlie doesn't have to uh, doesn't have to stay at her her dad's old creepy place.
0: Yeah, that that is, like, why, why wouldn't, I, Yeah, continue. You've got (laughs) 17-year-old
1: unsupervised traveling cross-country to go to this memorial thing. Uh, How is she uh, paying uh, for it? She has to pay in cash, right? Exactly. Because she can't have a credit card yet. She can't have a credit card yet, and uh, and, and she's not 18, so she can't even check into a hotel. Because she doesn't have a driver's license. Yeah, she probably doesn't have a driver's
0: license. Well, she
1: might not. She lives in New York. She lives in New York. Yeah. So there you have it. So, so right off the bat, basically, I think ultimately what I'm getting at is what you realize right off the bat is what we have here are slash is a slasher film. Yes. These are two dimensional characters meant to be served up and slaughtered, uh, 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 like the fatted calf to the chainsaw wielding maniac, or in this case, Hook wielding,
0: yes, and uh, and in this case, I have a feeling that the characters that have not been introduced yet, the Marla and the Lamar, which mm-hmm. it's very unfortunate that there is both a Marla and a Lamar because that is, that is unfortunate. They're kind of they're <laughs> kind of names that are they're almost anagrams of each other, right? <laughs> um, I I believe that they are. I haven't read past the two chapters that we were going to discuss. I believe they're probably going to get ki- killed off first because. They've had zero character development, and their right. characters apparently. So let's see here. So they they uh they all order breakfast, uh, at
1: the diner despite the fact that it's not breakfast time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's significant for some reason. Um, and they they're catching up. Uh, when finally someone drops the ball, John asks Carlton, "Whatever happened to Freddy's anyway?" So we have our first mention by name of Freddy Fazbear's Pizza.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: this causes everyone to shut up and uh get real nervous and awkward and uh and obviously become it becomes clear that it's about Charlie for uh whatever reason. Uh 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 probably something to do with it. I believe her I, mean, I I do think that at this point they may have already mentioned that her father made the animatronics for this place or maybe he- it might be just did he, did he make the just make the animatronics, or did he also own it? Um, I'm not sure. That's not quite clear yet. Yeah, um, but but it was her dad's place, quote unquote, uh, as far as we can tell. Right, um, like because they they talk about basically how she basically lived there. Uh, how awesome was that? You got to you basically lived there and got to live among the, the toys and the horrifying, horrifying dolls. Yeah. Uh, and they and they 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 reminisce about it. And uh, Carlton points out that they built over the Freddy's, that it's not there anymore. Um, and they say, well, what where where is it? What happened to it? And his answer is, I don't know. His answer is, I don't know. I never go there which is either a lie or a giant cop-out.
0: Yeah. Because that's, this is, this is hurricane Utah. It's like population five people. How do you exactly. not know what happened to the pizzeria?
1: Yeah. you're <laughs> Yeah. You're not, you're not going to lie to me and tell me that. So either we're going to find out that he's full of shit or that's just, that's just some lazy, lazy stuff. Right. Um, so uh they they they're talking about it and they start asking about, well, you know, he says he hasn't been there. He said it's been blocked off for years under construction. And so they start digging at him with questions like maybe it could still be there. And he's like, I don't know. And Charlie kind of has a quiet little freak out and makes an excuse of going out to have a cigarette and 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 runs outside even though uh, she doesn't smoke even though she doesn't smoke they make a point for pointing that out yeah that she doesn't smoke
0: even <laughs> so though she, it was the night the mid 90s and you know i yeah. mean high school kids in the 90s smoked oh, yeah. smoked all oh, the time <laughs> yeah. they were they were they
1: were a dangerous breed those those 90s kids <laughs> yes uh, they, so she's out there for a moment kind of like trying to get it together uh, uh, when John follows her out, saying she forgot her jacket, comes out and they have a little moment. Chivalry, uh, chivalry. He's just adorable, and they and she kind of moves. She's sitting on the hood of her car, and she kind of scoots over for him to come sit next to her, and they have this little moment. And uh, and they tell a story about when uh, uh, the merry-go-round got stuck and the Marla character we have mentioned before, uh, and uh, a, a, some mean kid named Billy, uh, that, who I, we don't know anything about him, despite, dis, uh, other than the fact that he's referred to as the mean kid Billy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had to keep riding on the broken Ferris wheel, I, I guess it was a merry-go-round rather, that just kept going around and around and around until their parents kind of plucked them off. And then uh, Marla threw up uh, all over uh, uh, the uh, the uh, the mean
0: child, the mean
1: child, and by this time the other two, Carlton and Jessica, have come back out, and they're basically just reminiscing about uh their 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 childhoods, and through through that reminiscence you learn um that uh that uh you know uh, yes it it is right here that that they refer to charlie as the owner's daughter so i guess her father yes did own it on top of building the robots right um you know they talk it they talk they just basically through their reminiscing and this isn't bad writing actually through their reminiscing you learn a little bit about um the place itself she tells you she mentions the story of uh I I did find this one bit kind of interesting. Jessica confides in them or not confide. I think they all knew. She tells them that Bonnie, uh, the rabbit, the animatronic, that she would constantly go to Bonnie and talk to her and tell her about what she was upset about Mm -hmm. and would tell this this non this animatronic would just sit there and she would just kind of confess all of her frustrations and anger and stuff. To this animatronic, and if anybody, even an adult or somebody else, approached, she would stop talking until they left. And then she and I thought that was actually kind of interesting. Yeah, that was, yeah, that that was, was kind of interesting. Kind of an interesting moment. They don't do anything with it, uh, <laughs> but that brings us to another interesting moment for meta stuff for the video gamer in us. And uh, and and Charlie talks about uh, her memories of the place. Remembers eating the greasy pizza hugging Freddy in the summer and his yellow Ooh, fr- fur getting yes. stuck all over my clothes and then someone says Freddy, was, Freddy brown. was brown leading us to our first direct reference to Golden Freddy.
0: Yes, Golden which, Freddy.
1: Yes, which and, and she and she suddenly goes right brown he was brown. Of course he was brown. I remember him being brown, but for whatever reason she in that moment remembered him being
0: uh golden, and, which is uh, really interesting. And Golden Freddy is a very Kind of an interesting part of the lore mm-hmm. uh, for Five Nights at Freddy's. And in the first game, uh, I believe Golden Freddy, he he, for, he doesn't appear uh, right away. Um, but he also is not. Uh, there's something about him that isn't tangible. Like right. He's, he's kind some, of a ghostly figure. He's kind of a goat. Like at some points he'll just appear in the room with you. Right. Like he'll just like kind of materialize. And that's the thing about Golden Freddy is, is it's, it's kind of, that's where you kind of get into the weird ghostly psychosis type st- threads of Five Nights at Freddy's.
1: Right. Of, of, of it being a, a simple, Monstery, murdery kind of thing to uh, messing with your brain to ghosts and right. possessions and stuff like that, which is which has always been one of the more intriguing things about Five Nights at Freddy's. The right. difference between reality and, and and whatever between reality and what isn't real, <laughs> right? Uh, so they they have their reminiscence. They give us a little background information. They ex- exposit all over the damn place. Um, And uh, and finally, at the end of the chapter, they decide that they are going to revisit the construction site uh, that Carlton has briefly mentioned, and they are going to go visit Freddy Fazbear's pizza together. And that that ends chapter one. Right. So they're 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 gonna go over. So in chapter two starts with them uh, driving out there. Uh, I, I'm, you know, it's, 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 uh, the sun, the sun has set, it is dark. They're looking for the place. And, uh, basically they, what they find is first off, it's all by flashlight, right? Which works a hell of a lot better in a video game than it does in a book. Right. <laughs> uh, especially because, you know, it, which makes sense because it would get tedious for the writer to constantly say and by the way this is all in the glow of a flashlight um <laughs> by the way <laughs> yeah but it, but but the writer doesn't do it often enough to keep it as this 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 uh tense kind of thing yeah um so it's it's yeah they they they, they grab but, a flashlight it's a police flashlight she mentioned she could you could bash somebody with it. Right. Uh if you wanted to, which I, I'm sure is, is, is for sure And here's
0: the thing is the the building, I feel like they don't do uh, enough of a description of the building that they are going into. No, they do not. I because I am I'm having a really difficult time picturing this building, and it's just a sprawling monster of a building, a rising acre of glass and concrete. It's like a
1: mall. Yeah. That was what I thought. And that's
0: and that's they didn't. That was the thing is once they get inside and I mean, you're about to talk about that, but once they get inside, it's pretty much, oh, this is just a mall and it basically didn't get finished.
1: Right. That's essentially what it is mm-hmm. that it and that and that's exactly what ends up happening. They 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 don't have any problem getting in. Not really. Right. Uh, they find a, they they're the, the windows are wide open. They don't got to They don't got to break any windows or anything like that. Um, But they're they're high up. So they have to climb uh, uh, some some mounds of gravel uh, to kind of scale up the way and get into the windows, and they find that it's not too much of a, a drop uh, down. So uh, they 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 go. Charlie leads the way mm-hmm. uh, because because that's what Charlie's gonna do.
0: Charlie's She's the hero. protagonist, so exactly. she has to literally advance the plot.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. So. They, they end up in uh, this, this it's yeah, for they, they do say that they make a point of saying that it doesn't look abandoned because that would imply that anyone had ever been there in the first place. It just looked unfinished. Like no one had ever used it. Right. Um, So it's got department stores and, and, and uh, what appears to be an atrium or a food court or something along those lines. And, uh, and they kind of, They let themselves in. Jessica uh, sings a scale for some reason, which I found to be really weird. Um, Yeah. It just kind of screamed attention whore to me. Right.
0: Um, And by the way, nobody ever would. I just. Could they not? Just describe it as an arpeggio, arpeggio because that's probably <laughs> what she did. She right. she most definitely did not sing a full scale. She probably <laughs> just did the la 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 la. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's just the, the arpeggio. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> a,
1: yeah, it's, it's, yeah but, it, I guess to break the tension or something. But you're right. I actually had to no, no, She, it she like, sat there she and went
0: la 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 la.
1: Because, yeah, because if you know anything about music, you went, she sang a scale? Really? really? Like, huh? That must have taken a minute. <laughs> <laughs> she does this, and Carlton is instantly smitten. He tells, he's swept up, and he, and he says, uh, your voice is amazing, and Jessica tempts humility. It says, it's just good acoustics, and we all throw up quietly in our mouths. Yes. It's it's bad. Uh, So, so we've got four, two, and two. And and, you know, of course, when you put two boys and two girls of a teenage variety together, uh, they're going to swap off. They're uh, going to they're going to
0: hook up and, you know, summon Freddy or Jason.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to show up and they're all going to die. <laughs> um, so they're making their way through this mall kind of like th- that's supposed to be where. Uh, Freddie Fazbear's Pizzeria was. They're making their way through this. And they're looking at stores. And then Jessica says something very strange for a 17 year old. Uh, she says, something's not right. And Carlton makes a joke about it, no giant pretzels. and But then she points says, no, something isn't right about the architecture, which is far too specific of a thing yeah. for anybody to say, <laughs> adult or teenager. Right. It, it, like you'd say you probably say something like, doesn't this look weird? Doesn't the wall look weird to yeah, you right like, here? You wouldn't say there's something wrong with the architecture. right?
0: Like uh, something's wrong with the architecture. In my mind, I'm like. Is it, is it some sort of like elder God thing that she's talking about?
1: (laughs) I I actually thought the same thing. I was like, oh, like geometry that shouldn't exist and colors out of space. I honestly, for a split second thought, oh fuck, this could go in some really Lovecraftian. No, she wasn't talking about that. What she was talking about was that one of the walls seemed to be too big between uh, two storefronts, suggesting that there was a that there was a space there, large enough to house a store, or something along those lines, but that there didn't seem to be an entrance. And she right. points that by saying that it's bigger on the outside—a difference between the inside wall and the outside wall, which, yeah. which would have been a perfectly valid way to explain it without saying something weird about the architecture. Right. I
0: mean, we've all been like. First of all, I just wish they had just started calling it a mall at, at a certain point. I and, agree. And also, we have all been in a mall where one of the stores is under renovation or it's been closed and they're mm-hmm. changing it over to something else. And there's just a wall up. That's sure. what they do in malls. They, yeah. they put up a wall when the store is going to be changed over. Like, yeah, that's all. That's all it could have been. And be like, oh, look, there's the, the there's a wall.
1: I wonder if there's a store back there. Exactly. It doesn't have to be some grand discovery, but but and then they point out that it's yeah. And and to the surprise of absolutely zero people, someone says, oh, it's about the same size as Freddy's. Don't you think? It's like, no, no shit. We know that that's come on. We know this is where we're going. So let's let's just do it. Let's just do this thing. Um, So uh, Charlie is full of misgivings. I don't know if we should be doing this, but she doesn't say that. She doesn't go with it. And suddenly, suddenly John is gesturing wildly and he demands that everybody hide. And there's this light. Yeah. There's this light that they've seen before. And it's, it's like implied (laughs) to be a security guards flashlight and they've got to hide from the flashlight. So they hide behind this, this, this rig of scaffolding. (laughs) Let's go on uh, an
0: adventure.
1: Yeah, exactly. They pull a full (laughs) Scooby-Doo, uh, and they hide in this rig of scaffolding and they're, they're, they're hiding away, crouching down, uh, trying not to be noticed uh, by the security guard, wherein follows the second dumbest thing I have ever read in a book. And it is when...
0: <laughs> we're at, um, we're, by the way, for those of you keeping score at home, this is the second dumbest thing Phil has ever read. The first one is also in this book.
1: Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I read a lot. Uh, <laughs> and it's Carlton, his hair is up in 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 Charlie's face while they're hiding uh uh because they're all smushed together and 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 Charlie's response to this is that's nice and she comp- she's complimenting him on the smell of his shampoo to which Carlton replies and I quote thanks Carlton said knowing immediately what she was referring to because Carlton is very insightful um <laughs> It comes in ocean breeze and tropical paradise. I prefer ocean breeze, but it dries the scalp.
0: <laughs> Hush, and John hissed.
1: Yes, exactly. John, the only one who's using his fucking head. You're hiding from security. <laughs> you know? And 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing. If that had been an exchange between John. And uh, Charlie, it still would have been massively stupid. Yeah. But it kind of would have made more sense because we've already linked them up as kind of a romantic
0: connection. Right. And now it's, it's this weird Charlie Carlton moment. Yeah.
1: Which, to be fair, they really
0: have. Carlton might be one of the only
1: people Charlie hasn't exactly had a moment with. Right. Uh, so far. Uh, but it's it's an odd thing. And I, and I again, just like, uh, just like uh, 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 previous statements, I have to assume that either it's going to have to pay
0: off later, uh, or it is just stupid. Yeah, yeah. This this has to be. Um, uh, I'm hoping that this is a Chekhov's gun, and right, it's right. like she's like it, it's somewhere down the line. Charlie. Someone gonna be throws like,
1: a severed head at her, and she can it, smell the ocean like, breeze. It's like on the, she finds a breeze. scalp,
0: and she's like. <laughs> She's smells
1: like, nice. That's
0: that's ocean breeze.
1: That actually, oh my god! I hope they do that. That actually would be. I hope you predicted that, Kevin, because that actually could be pretty badass. I would. I well, would. I would forgive a lot l- of things. That is literally for a l- like, like that.
0: This is this is Chekhov's shampoo here. I right, mean,
1: right? If you introduce <laughs> the shampoo in the
0: first act, it has to explode by the. Third. It has to. It has to. The person to wearing the that shampoo has first. to be dead. Yeah, and scalped yeah. by the third act, and he does say
1: scalp. Okay, so that, which is an interesting way of putting it. All right, all right. No, maybe we yeah, maybe, 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 maybe 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 Kira
0: I'm, knows what she is doing.
1: I refuse. I refuse to judge entirely based on a couple of chapters. And for the record, we are not reading ahead. So we no, we, we are so not. We, We want to be, we want to be surprised as the episodes go along.
0: By the way, now Um, that I'm looking at the table of contents, mm -hmm. there are 13 spooky chapters.
1: 13. Well. So, yeah, (laughs) we'll figure that one out. Uh, (laughs) So they, so they're, 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 they're having their moment. They're hiding. Um, Eventually, for whatever reason, uh, uh, the security guard, the light or whatever, just kind of kind of gives up and goes away. Yeah. Now, while they're all smooshed up in this scaffolding area, uh, they they point, uh, Jessica points something out here, Uh, something written on the wall, and the wall is worn brick, and the words are, Carlton smells like feet, which previously they had pointed out that someone had written on the outside of Freddy Fazbear's pizza. Thus... We have discovered the location of Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. Mm-hmm. That it is indeed, who would have guessed it? The large, mysterious block
0: block that was in the just, middle of this mall. Yes. Uh, who
1: would have thunk it? Because so they
0: built the mall around
1: it. That's that is, seems to be what they're implying. <laughs> here. It the,
0: is it like the house from Up?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, Yeah. It just landed there. Some damn thing. The <laughs> balloons pop. No, it, it's it's yeah. It, they seem to be implying that this building was built surrounding it, suggesting in my head, in my horror movie addled head, that perhaps this mall, quote unquote, uh, was never meant to be inhabited in the first place, but was to protect people from this horrifying thing. Who knows? Right. Uh, or maybe they just got lazy or the money ran out because it's Hurricane Utah. Uh, that actually does sound like a hurricane that hits places <laughs> <laughs> and just, it's like Joseph Smith farted and we got
0: hurricane, hurricane, Utah. hurricane um, Utah.
1: so they find this metal door, uh, that's all rusty and shit and it's heavy. Uh, and so they, they, and it's covered in, in tools and, and, and stuff. And so they move a bunch of shit out of the way and they, they, they really shoulder into the damn thing. And uh, and it's like rusted, and uh, and they and they have to basically just really pull the damn thing to even move it a little bit, and so they get it all open, and like the the irresponsible seventeen year olds that they are, they enter into Freddy Fazbear's Pizza.
0: Yeah, which I mean, Jesus Christ, guys! I mean. <sighs> Let's get on with it. You just exasperated. <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on! Like, <laughs> like like I I just want there to be like I noticed there's a lot of horror nowadays where they kind of make it so that there was no choice to end up in the location that they are in, or whatever the the, the terror is comes to our characters right. and, and this is this is straight out of this is straight out of 80s style horror where it's, uh, you know, the, our characters decide to go into the creepy mansion instead they don't of don't
1: truly have a reason to be there. They do,
0: do they? not. No, there's no there's no motivation for them to. They just wanted to find out what happened to it. Yeah, they, have, they just
1: wanted to see it.
0: They found out what happened to it. You know, and now they're
1: just kind of letting themselves in. And
0: now they're kind of letting themselves in. And now they're just kind of like, "Well, we're already committing a felony,
1: right? Right. <laughs> we're already doing breaking the entering. ring. Let's just go whole hog on the damn thing." Which,
0: by the way, and this is this is the thing is, if I'm the security, I'm thinking about the security guard who is, right. oh, to me, the most interesting character in the book, <laughs> because this is a dude that has to walk around in abandoned. Mall at night, and knows that hidden in this mall are crazy animatronics in one of the 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 stores, and he just has to kind of walk around. around. So no wonder when they start making noise, he never shows up again. Like he hears something, he's like, "Oh yeah, you're absolutely right." You know what he does? He's like. Yeah, fuck I'm that. done. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's exactly, like, he knows, maybe, maybe
0: the security guard knows something that we don't. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah,
1: I, I'm, that's,
0: that's it for tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know what, fuck this, going home, going home. I've yeah. got internet porn with my name on it. This is not, of course, it's 1995, so maybe he doesn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. i got a VHS. <laughs> yeah, you got, I got good old fashioned VHS porn waiting for me. <laughs> yeah. So, so they let themselves in, and the, this part of the chapter is basically the payoff that they've been teasing and hinting at um, for anybody who's reading this book who has played the games or knows anything about the games or has heard of the games, uh, because that's what they're here for. They're here for the payoff, and we get it. The first thing they see are the eyes of of the different animatronics and we get to see chica the chicken we see bonnie the rabbit we see Freddy fazbear and they're all just sitting there with their with their instruments and the microphone carlton tries to take the microphone out of uh freddie's hands which is and, just
0: and, what the come on buddy. yeah
1: like what are you doing dude like come on it's it's like it's like it's like taking the toe out of the earth in the scary stories to tell the dark. The guy's coming back for his toe. Fortunately.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know what? Like, the the entirety of the Five Nights at Freddy's games exists in one of those different Rick and Morty universes where people are totally enthralled by animatronics. Because there is no one in this world, this universe, mm -hmm. who is going to go up to an animatronic. I I don't know anybody. Gonna Nothing do about
1: this is charming. <laughs> Nothing about this is cute. And now, don't get me wrong, they do have some little moments here and there where they are a little creeped out. Um, but Up until a a very specific moment here, there's still kind of a wash in nostalgia and laughing and remembering stuff and remembering how 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 things were, although it does lead to where is it? Here we go. Um, Charlie speaking to John about one of the, uh, I think it was the, uh, yeah, the merry-go-round and, uh, and he's, he's, and she says, uh, you used to love this thing. And it says, John made a face as though he knew what she was thinking. Not the same. He said, just not the same. And that's, that's, um, that was one of the first, I was like, that's the first time any of you have made any sense so far. Like John, you're my boy. Like I'm on your side all of a sudden, just because you're the only one who makes any freaking
0: sense he's like he john's like yeah this is not cool yeah
1: yeah yeah he gets it so they're 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 looking around they're 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 going through the different stuff they're chatting we get a little more background on charlie talks a little bit about her name charlotte and how john her real name is charlotte charlie being the nickname of that and john would always get under her skin by calling her charlotte which it wasn't and which she didn't like not because Uh, She didn't like her name, but because that was what her father called her. And it only felt right when her father called it thus kind of reinvigorating the connection between uh, uh, daughter and father. Mm -hmm. And this leads up to Pirate's Cove. They find Pirate's Cove, the infamous place where Foxy would hide. And it says out of order. And they point out. They say 10 years later, and it's still out of order. Basically, they point out that it has always uh, been out of order. They've always known it as being out of order, which might be a reference, if you're going to go meta, might be a reference to uh, the bite of... Um, because it was Foxy, wasn't it? Or did they determine that? Uh,
0: no, I think in, in in Five Nights at Freddy's 4, you find out that it was- uh, That it was Freddy? It was Freddy, yeah. Okay,
1: okay. Well, all the same, it's out of order. And finally, in a moment of group sense and sanity, Jessica hops up on the stage. This is not the same part. Uh, but she she starts to grab the curtain as if to throw back the curtain- and uh and show that foxy is still there you know to see to see that if he's If he's uh, if he's still behind the curtain Mm -hmm. and it seems all fun and everything like that at first. And then they all start to get really uncomfortable and lose their nerve. Yes. Uh, and, uh, And 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 Jessica, finally, I think it's Jessica says that suggests maybe this isn't a good idea. Once again, finally showing a little bit of sanity in this whole thing. Right. And then they hear this big, loud noise. And it turns out to be. Uh, 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 Carlton who was not in the room with them as they thought that he was, he had been in the kitchen trying to find out if there was
0: any food back there, which and, Jesus Christ, Carlton. But. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he clatters around and, uh, and they, and they, they, well, wait, I'm sorry. That was earlier. I beg your pardon. That was earlier, but in any case, no, they do hear something. They hear, they hear what seems to be music right they hear they hear uh, like like from a music box yes. and uh and they all have this this uh freak out moment basically this kind of mass hysteria moment and uh they all freak out and uh and oh that and that's when the crash happens that's right. when the crash happens uh it's it's that's see that that's why I fucked it up because it's it it's confusing. There's one little sound and then there's a and then loud there's a big sound. One, yeah. Yeah, and it, it mixed me up in my head because that kind of works in a in a visual audio medium, right. but uh but in a book it was it was a little tougher to register. But yeah. then again, they, all the same. They have the little music box sound that they think they may have heard and then they hear this huge clatter. Carlton comes trotting in and says that he's uh he knocked over a bunch of uh, pots and pans in the kitchen and then in their moment of, of crazed hysteria. And this is why it doesn't make any sense. If it was the music box moment that caused them to run, I would totally get that because that's fucked. Right. Uh, that would scare the shit out of me. I would run the hell out of there. But they hear the crashing of pots and pans, and that's when they all hysterically, sometimes It, it was it's kind of implied that they're scared, but not that they're. it's more of an adrenaline kick right. kind of thing. And they all run out of the damn place. They just run. Uh, they they run all crazy out of there. They get the hell out of Dodge. They run and, out of the whole place. And the reason
0: they run is because the guard might have heard.
1: Exactly, exactly. They're they're scared that they've alerted the guard. Yeah. They run like crazy out of there. They get out, leading to um, Carlton speaking the mind of everybody who's reading this book. And I quote: A "Little anticlimactic." <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. Checking Carlton. back
0: one more time yeah. in hopes they were being chased.
1: <laughs> yeah, in hopes, in hopes they were being chased. We are two, we are two chapters into this book. We got a little, little, little bit of a, of a, of a flash forward moment with a hook attacking Charlie and maybe, maybe, maybe turning her into dog food. Maybe. Uh. Maybe. But uh, but beyond that, it's been a bunch of kids catching up, occasional melancholy memories of one's father and his creepy, creepy, creepy dolls, and and pots and pans clattering everywhere, and everyone running because they're afraid of the security. It's like guard a young adult up. version of
0: Diner so far.
1: Yeah, yeah, very much so. And you know what though, and you know what, and I'll give and now that I'm saying it out loud, I will give it credit in the sense that I remember being 16 or 17 years old and. Getting into similar little bits of trouble where we, you know, there was there was a uh, there was an elementary school that was being constructed not far from where one of my friends lived. And right, we would we would kind of sneak in and check it all out, and we'd see a light, and we'd all giggle and laugh and run and everything like that. And maybe that's what they're trying to uh, evoke right. in this, which is perfectly fine if you if your book is about anything other than killer animatronic dolls, <laughs> right. That really should be the focus <laughs> is not your version of Billy Corgan singing 1979 and everyone clapping themselves on the backs and going, Oh, we got into some trouble. This is fun. No, this is about monster robots. Yeah. You've got things to focus on here. And I, and I suppose one could argue that it helps us to appreciate the bond between these characters. But despite all of this, I still don't know the characters very well. Yeah. I know
0: Charlie pretty well. I know Charlie pretty well. And that's the thing is that there's not that much to know. Yeah. Yet. Um, I mean, you know, you know that Carlton is a bit of a goof, right? Yeah. Okay. He's, he's, I guess the, the comedic uh, relief, you know,
1: in a a way, in a way,
0: he's just kind of goofy. Um, John is the uh, is the square jawed, you know, all American, uh, you know, white hat teen dude who is he's supposed to get the girl because he is the white guy who is in charge. Right. (laughs) Um, Right. uh, Charlie is Lydia Dietz and Jessica is. Uh, A mean girl who is not probably as mean as you think she is, as the as the the shell that she has on the outside. But still, that's just those are just some characteristics about them. There's no it's not real character. And and that's what and that's what brings me to my previous assessment that what
1: they what we have set up are slasher film tropes. Correct. That's what these are. You know, Uh, even when. You know, even when certain slasher films seem to get a little more progressive, and our main characters were the women and everything, and you know, you still they've still got the love interest boy who you have very little information about. You've got the goofy guy, you got the bitchy girl, you yeah. got you know, all right. They've 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 left. They've left them all. They've uh, they've the, the the terrifying the terrifying moment of their adventure is is over. They are safe in the parking lot. They are safe. Yes. And uh, this leads to uh, one of one of the more troublesome parts of the book so far. Uh, and that is when Jessica and uh, Charlie go back to the hotel room that they are sharing and promptly do their very best to uh, uh, to fail the check ch- test. <laughs> Um, <laughs> as soon as they possibly can. Like they just wanted to get it over with. It's two women mm. in our story. Let's talk alone. about guys. Let's talk about boys. Let's talk about boys right off the bat. Now, to be fair, it doesn't last all that long. So <laughs> they have that and uh, they have and and they speak about uh, and then and then it leads into uh, just as you're starting to go, what the f- Fuck, are we going on about here? What is the point of this conversation? Jessica mentions uh, that she had gone to a funeral recently. Uh, they talk very briefly about the ceremony that's going to happen tomorrow, uh, what they're expected to do, that kind of thing. And uh, and then uh, Jessica mentions going to a funeral for the first time. Uh, it, it it seemed I don't. She doesn't say that it's the first time she's been to a funeral, but the way she speaks of one, it's definitely uh, spoken. In my eyes, from the point of view of someone who's never been to one before. Right. Uh, You know, she doesn't she doesn't get all dramatic and sad or anything like that, but it's all (laughs) such a new experience to her, clearly. And she points out that it was an open casket funeral in an old fashioned funeral parlor. And they all lined up to see the body. And when she got close, that uh, she, he seemed to be asleep, but she instinctively knew that he wasn't and how much that disturbed her. Right. Um, and Charlie says, uh, that's the worst thing, isn't it? Things that act alive, but aren't. To which Jessica replies, what? And Charlie quickly uh, corrects herself. Things I mean, that things look that alive, look but alive, but aren't. but aren't, which is our more foreshadowing of, of the uh
0: Right. Of our which, spooky animatronics. We kinda, which is not bad. Yeah, not yeah. Bad. And we we kind of get a better understanding that Charlie was maybe maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe Charlie was never okay with the animatronics. I think I think that that might be like yeah. the the oh, they were so charming when she was a kid. That might have just been a memory she kind of forced on herself that she was always terrified that she it, had no, to. That is possible. That, that is that it was absolutely. always just a bad thing. Um. Yeah. I mean, and they do early
1: on. It was it was it, this is actually the reason that I pictured Lydia Dietz in my head uh, in the first chapter. And I didn't bring this up um, because I'm just now remembering it. Uh, she talks about how when she looks in the mirror. She expects to see a reflection of how sad and kind of gloomy she feels. Mm-hmm. But instead, <laughs> she looks very happy and she remembers as a a small child relative saying she's such a happy looking child. She always looks like she's on the verge of laughing uh, that sort of thing. Right. And um, which made me think of Lydia Dietz, not because Lydia Dietz was always on the verge of laughing or anything, but it struck me as such an emo melancholy thing to to say, uh, to think of yourself as. Yeah. Um, But that, that might be true considering um, your theory might be true considering that that's how they describe her early on. Because of course, it's one thing to be sad when you're 17 and you're coming back to a place to commemorate an old friend who died. Uh, but when you're a little kid and you're still feeling that sad, um,
0: that's, that that's something a little deeper. Right. Exactly. There's a, there's a deeper pain there. Um, right. Yeah. The, that was that Lydia Dietz quote. Uh, I can see the strange and unusual because I myself am strange and unusual.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and this leads to the end of our chapter with uh, Charlie laying in bed, thinking about that world, that world of robots and uh, toys and animatronics. And that had been her childhood, that she'd grown up in that, uh, it, as, as the book puts it, she had grown up in the strange gap between life and non-life. It had been her world. It had been her father's world. Charlie closed her eyes. What did that world do to him. And that is the end of chapter two. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Pixel Lit. I I, I had a lot of fun doing this. Yeah, me too. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good, a good time. time. We're gonna keep this up. Please uh, feel free to read along and join us. Like you said, send us some questions or, uh, or insights, your own thoughts into it. Also, if you have a favored video game franchise that has a super cool book that you enjoyed or that you hated, uh, please let us know. Uh, we, we, we'll take that into consideration uh, and uh, consider it for uh, for future episodes. But we're going to go through this until we're finished, and then we'll come up with something completely different. But uh, in the meantime, my name is Phil the Conquistador. And this is the lovely and wonderful spoiler, Kevin. Yep. Say, say goodbye to them, Kevin.
0: Goodbye. Rest in peace, Jack Chick. <laughs> Good night, Jack Chick. Good night. <laughs>